Hello and welcome to this special podcast. I'm Chris Parrott and we're here to chat Team of the Year for 2016. The 40 nominees have been announced and it's now down to you to pick this year's 11 you have until early January. Joining me are UEFA.com journalist Tom Kell and Paul Saffer. Welcome, gents, to uh, the bunker below the UEFA.com office in London. Hello, Chris. Hi, Chris. We're going to hear from Juventus and France star Patrice Evra, who loves one of this year's contenders. Striker like that, they, they're just like born for scoring. If, if they don't score, they, they, they won't slip. Matt Hummels and Mario Goetze are also on the podcast and we'll get your thoughts on who should be in the final team. Right, Tom, first of all, how exactly do you actually pick your side? The last time I did this, we were actually sat outside a Parisian cafe, so mm. it's not quite as uh, atmospheric, I don't think. Anyway, on to business. Yeah, so picking a team. There's uh, five formations, 4-4-2, 3-5-2, 3-4-3, 4-3-3 and 5-3-2. There's no fullbacks in midfield, Guardiola style. There's a simple choice. Four keepers, 12 defenders, 12 midfielders and 12 forwards. Fit those 40 players into one of those five formations and Bob's your uncle. Uh, the URL to remember is en.totty.uefa.com. And obviously there's various other languages. Change the start from en to de for Germany, for example. That's why I got you to that bit. Perfectly succinct. And, 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 and you're a man who loves the URL, so that's why we got you doing that. Paul, should you pick a team or should you just pick 11 players or is it up to you? Well, I'm looking out at the nominees and I'm very, very tempted to have at least seven of the forwards. <laughs> so in that sense, you might want to pick your players. But I think the thing is, it is called Team of the Year. And I'd rather pick a team that on the paper on the screen as it will be looks like it's a team that could actually play together so you are going to have to think about that and it does mean certainly in the forwards where it's an incredible lineup of talent as you'll hear later you're going to have to make some tough choices from players who maybe you'd pick ahead of one of the midfielders I always rewind to GCSE business studies when doing this when I used to pick my world 11 on the back of my homework book and you have to imagine this team actually playing it's called Team of the Year. I mean, maybe when we get to the Ballon d'Or, then you pick your favourite players. Team of the Year has been going since 2001 now, which is a, a long time ago, 15 years. Um, we've been through the archives and this is the ultimate 11. So these are the players who have been chosen by you to be in the most team of the years. Nine of this best 11 are standouts in terms of number of final teams they've made. The other two were tied in their position with various other players. When there was a tie the player with most nominations was picked, i.e. Gerard and Piquet. The team, who's in goal, Tom? So, in goal, Ike Casillas. Paul, the defenders? Carl Poyle, who's been in six times. Philip Lahm, who's been in five times. Sergio Ramos, who's been in five times. Maybe could make it again. And Gerard Piquet, who's been in four times. Absolutely. The midfielders, it was a 4-3-3 that ultimately you've picked, are uh, Xavi and Iniesta. And alongside um, them is Steven Gerrard, which isn't a bad midfield three. And on to the forwards. We've got Ronaldo and Messi, who else? And Thierry Henry, who I can't remember the last time he made it, but it was probably almost a decade ago now. Zlatan has almost caught up with him, but he's still on a drift. So he could, this time next year, we could be saying Ibrahimovic is in the team of the year because he is one of the nominees. Let's go through them. Enough of the past. 40 names then to choose from. And we'll start with the goalkeepers. Jan Oblak of Atletico. 
Gianluigi Buffon of Juventus, Kayla Navas of Madrid and Rui Patricio of Sporting and of course Euro winning goalkeeper. In defence you've got a choice of 12, Laurent Concelny, Diego Godin, Juan Fran, Gerard Piquet, Joshua Kimmich, Jerome Boateng, Rafael Guerrero, Leonardo Bonucci, Pepe, Sergio Ramos, Danny Carvajal and Toby Alderweireld. The midfielders, Aaron Ramsey, Yannick Carrasco, Andres Iniesta, N'Golo Kante and Riyad Mahrez of Leicester, Kevin De Bruyne, Paul Pogba, Gregor Strakowiak, Luka Modric and Tony Cruz of Real Madrid, Stoke City's Joe Allen and Dimitri Payet of West Ham. Last but not least, the forwards, seven of whom you want in your team, Chris. But of course, remember, there's only three can make it. Alexis Sanchez, Anton Griezmann, Luis Suarez, Lionel Messi, Neymar, Robert Lewandowski, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Gonzalo Higuain, Sergio Aguero, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Gareth Bale and the one and only Cristiano Ronaldo. There we go. So those are your 40 names. Who's, who's your, who's your must-have pick? Who's your... Who's the guy that, as soon as you saw that list, you thought he definitely has to be in the team? Well, I'm actually going to go for Angolo Kante. Um, we're talking about the midfielders. Okay, he hasn't actually played in UEFA club competition, and uh, but at Euro, he was obviously fantastic for France. Maybe he didn't grab the headlines like Griezmann and Pipe, which is understandable. But the outstanding achievement of football in Europe this year, and maybe the outstanding achievement in the history of football ever, was Leicester City winning the Premier League. I mean, it's. It's an achievement so big, you have to, I think, leave this planet to go and really get a perspective on it. And Kanto was the most important player in it for, for me. There are others, Mahrez is on the list. He held the midfield together and look at what's happened to Leicester since he left. They're not quite the same team. And look what's happened to Chelsea since he joined. They are a different team. I have gone for Cristiano Ronaldo. I know it's not very interesting, but I think anyone who doesn't pick Ronaldo basically shouldn't be allowed to play this game because <laughs> if ever there's been a no-brainer, this is it. UEFA best player in Europe, Champions League winner, Euro winner, even when forced off the field. Oh, I mean, we, we actually we used to do a coach of the year for this. Ronaldo could have a have a chance of that after his touchline antics in Paris. As you said, he's had a fantastic year, and here's some of his highlights. Here's Ronaldo with the free kick. He's got it. A hat trick for Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo's made his move. It's Ronaldo. League winners for an 11th time. They are maybe party poopers in Paris, but they are Portugal. And tonight they've been simply magnificent. Champions of Europe 2016. We'll reveal our teams at the end of the show, but I think, judging by how gushing we've all been of Ronaldo, CR7, he's certainly in my team. And uh, well, he better be in yours, Tom, after you picked as the must pick. Yeah, I was just about to tell you that he wasn't in there, but he has <laughs> yeah. just about squeezed in. Uh, my must-have pick is, basically, Ronaldo beat him in the two biggest games of 2016. Antoine Griezmann, uh, I think, phenomenal. Essentially led, OK, Atletico are a wonderful team, but he scored the goals that got them beyond Bayern and Barcelona, got them to Milan, then missed that penalty and ultimately lost on penalties to Real Madrid. Uh, and then at Euro, top score with six, three more goals than anybody else, and then... Again, he lost to Ronaldo when it really came to it. So I think Griezmann, for me, is is the must-have pick. And 
Tommy's shaking your head. Yeah, me and you are going to come to blows, I think. I know I'm not supposed to reveal my team and I won't, but I'm so excited. I'm going to give you a clue. Griezmann's not in there. Not in your... I think that's mad. This year, he's been unbelievable. I have to say, of the forwards, he was the first name on the list, even ahead of another player who, it won't surprise anyone who I've picked, who has already spoken about. He's been sensational and I personally hope that he wins the Ballon d'Or. Him him and Kante are the two people I would really like to see up there in the voting. So there we go. We've talked about uh, some strikers there. Let's have a look at the nominees for the goalkeepers. And none of us know much about goalkeeping. My keeping career ended in year five when I conceded straight from a corner. Uh, And so let's talk to the resident office five-a-side goalkeeper, Dan Ross. You're the best goalkeeper in the office, but your career has been cut short by injury. It has. It has indeed, yes. Uh, I have a a papier-mâché knee. So, um, yes, it's... uh... I think that's going to be the end for a long time, at least at least 12 months anyway. Four goalkeepers, and for me, given that there's no Neuer, there's no De Gea, that rather sums up how hard it was to make the list of four and how good the four goalkeepers are. The The class of 2016 is incredible, really. I mean, when you run through the milestones that these, these four keepers um, have hit, in in the last year you can you can see why it's kept out some of the usual big hitters let's go through the list then um we'll start with with Jan Oblak for Atletico in particular what what's been his highlights if you like in 2016 well Oblak has been has been a a revelation in the last couple of years in 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 La Liga um and uh he's he's the bedrock of a a particularly mean Atleti defense um uh, last year he won uh, the Zamora Trophy, the the famous Zamora Trophy, um, which is uh, given to the best goalkeeper in in La Liga. It's probably his highlight, or the the thing that that got most most tongues wagging was the um, the penalty he saved from from Thomas Muller uh, in the the semi final second leg, which obviously they they won on away goals. Right footed, and it's saved by Oblak. What a save! And he saves again from Alonso. Brilliant double save. He also saved that spot kick against uh, PSV, I think, in the round of sixteen. He's, uh, as you said, he's he's the man that that keeps those clean sheets for Atletico. Another man who has been in the team of the year many times, Gigi Buffon, who he never gets old, does he? He's still going, and he's still just as good, maybe even better this year than he's ever been. He's managed to completely alter his game to you know adapt it to um i guess the the creaking bones that he has now um at, at 38 whereas before he was he relied a lot on his his sort of athleticism and and being able to play out from the back now he doesn't take as many risks and he relies on his uh, experience and and positioning um ability and is arguably pulling off crazier saves than than he ever he has ever been able to do particularly that one that one against leon the other week, uh, we watched that together. The deflected effort yeah. to then reposition himself and put that over the bar, was that was phenomenal. And here's Nabil Fekir, Juve on the back foot. Buffon with an unbelievable save. Fekir was in, Buffon was down. And then up came the right hand to turn it over the crossbar. It saves like that at this age that are incredible. Well, the one thing he can't do is... Um, celebrate as well because that might have been my moment of Euro when they beat beat Belgium I think in Lyon and he ran the length of the pitch to join in tried to jump up and swing off the crossbar and, and missed the crossbar and, and fell over 
Uh, Gigi was obsessed with the crossbar at Euro. <laughs> it's fair to say. Um, uh, after after that aborted attempt, he he did try it again uh, in the next game, I believe, and uh, he was successful. Um, but the pictures of him sort of hanging off the off the bar like a monkey were uh, uh, they went down well on social media. Let's say everyone everyone enjoyed those, and it's good to see that you can still have the uh, that sort of childlike enjoyment um, of of the game. You know, 21 clean sheets as Juve won Serie A last year, which is phenomenal. He set a new record of 974 minutes without conceding during that run um, with 10 clean sheets, 10 straight clean sheets. Um, 10 straight clean sheets. Yeah, so all of that, and all of that was in 2016 as well. Wow. Um, voted sixth in the uh, UEFA Best Player in Europe. Got his 100th Champions League appearance uh, recently. It's just going from... Going from strength to strength. Whether he should be the goalkeeper for 2016 is uh, is up to everybody, the public vote. Um, he's got two other, as well as Jan Oblak, uh, two other goalkeepers up against. Kaylor Navas, who uh, won the UEFA Champions League with Real Madrid and uh, and has been mightily impressive as well. Yeah, Kaylor has um, he's had some, some big shoes to fill. Stepping into to San Iker's uh, shoes have, has, has not been... It's not the easiest thing to do, but um, he has quickly been dubbed San Kayla. Um <laughs> Perhaps not the, not the most creative of nicknames from the uh, Bernabeu faithful. There, no, but, that uh, doesn't quite ring ring as uh, as good as Seneca, does it? But... No, no. But um, but yeah, I mean, he he had a he had a spectacular last season. I mean, he was he was probably the goalkeeper in the Champions League last season. Yeah, it was an absolute absolute star. I conceded just three goals in eleven games. Um, with nine of those, nine of those games clean sheets. I mean, there was there was no one better in terms of you know if you're if you're a fantasy man, uh, Kayla Navas was your was your man last year. He's he's shown he's shown time and again that he's capable of making these uh, flying remarkable saves. Um, sometimes the guy does seem to be weightless the way he can the way he can reach up and claw claw things out of the top corners. Um, and yeah, I mean he's a, he's a he's a great option in in, in anyone's uh, goalkeeping arsenal. It's going to be really hard to choose because the fourth man and final nominee, Rui Patricio, who um, I think in terms of of a a single game performance, Euro 2016 final, Portugal beating France, they could have been four or five down, but Patricio was was unbelievable. And and for for Portugal generally at Euro, he's he's been a star, which is is why he's one of the four nominees. He was a deserved winner. I mean, he had basically a, a flawless tournament as far as as far as goalkeeping is concerned, and it was it was doing the basics right every game. You know, it was when when Portugal were under pressure, it was you know he was the man that was coming out and claiming the crosses and doing the simple things to to calm his defence down, which. Obviously, with uh, with the likes of of Pepe in there, you you, you sometimes need <laughs> that you need that calming influence, and um, and he did that masterfully. To be honest, um, you know, he didn't necessarily get the the stats that the other guys have got. Um, he still came away with with four clean sheets in the, in the end, and um, you know, as, as Portugal sort of drew their way um, into the into the the deep stages of that tournament, um, and yeah, I think he was, he was thoroughly deserved. So yeah, he's. I mean, any one of these guys is going to be a terrific pick. Well, they are, but I'm going to put you on the spot then. Who's in your team of the four? Who have you gone with? Uh, Buffon is is nailed on for me. You just said it was hard. It is. It is hard. Everyone has their competition. Um, Buffon has 
been the man across the board. There's there's nowhere else to look for me, and he's you know at the age of thirty eight. Um, since since that that final in in Berlin, pulling off the save against uh, from from Danny Alves. Since then, he's he seems to be getting better and better, and it's just it's just it's great to watch. Like a modern day Peter Pan, he never gets old. GG Buffon, uh, Dan, thanks very much. Uh, that's a look at the goalkeepers. Let's uh, check out the defenders now. Three from Real Madrid: Pepe, Ramos, and Carvajal. Uh, if we had Marcelo there, we'd have the clean sweep, but he hasn't made the uh, the nominees. And no surprise, given that they they won the UEFA Champions League again, and for one of those names in Pepe, then did the double and won Euro two, Paul. I think so. I think we've already been talking about who are nailed on Pixar, and I have to say, Pepe. I don't think you can anyone could leave him out of the eleven after the year he's had and after the influence he's had. Maybe not everybody's favourite player altogether, but. What an influence! What a man you'd love to have in your team—a a player who's going to fight for the results. There are there are sometimes theatrics, but do you think that masks sometimes what what a fabulous defender he actually is? He was uh, at Euro. He was absolutely sensational. I think he was the the defender that consistently to us reporters in France. I remember us discussing it regularly, and there was uh, the normal Griezmanns and Payets were discussed every day. But he was the only defender that we discussed regularly because every single time he played, and Paul used the word influential, I think that was really hit the nail on the head. It's not just his performances. He really dragged the team with him a lot of the way. Ronaldo gets a lot of the credit for that, but Pepe had a massive bearing. No surprise, there are two from Atletico, Juan Frana and Godin. I don't think they'll ever concede another goal at the Estadio Vicente Calderon, frankly. They're, they are so good at the back under, under Simeone, aren't they? And those two in particular... Um, had have had wonderful 2016s. I think Godin is one of my favourite defenders out there. Full stop. He's just so he's so no nonsense, and he really epitomises everything Simeone's team and everything Simeone's defence is all about. It's absolutely uncompromising, and that's the kind of style I like. I've not been. I'm an Englishman, football fan. I've been reared on no nonsense defence, and he really, really sums that up. I think. He does. Well, let's hear from uh, Luis Garcia now, who won the UEFA Champions League with Liverpool, also had two spells at Atletico, and he thinks Godin doesn't have a single flaw to his game. He's a very, very good player. I mean, he knows exactly. He's very tough all the time. He knows exactly where he has to be. Uh, he's the leader of the defence. And also he's, he's something, he's some, someone who can give you uh, an extra uh, on the score sheet because he can uh, score a few goals from set pieces. So uh, he's like the, the total defender. Well, Luis Garcia agrees with you, the total defender. I never, I never knew I had so much in common with Luis Garcia. Your hair, your look, he would be my number one pick of any defender in the world at the moment. I think he's, hit the way he reads the game, he's got that, he's got that slight devil in him. He knows exactly when to, to maybe frustrate and upset a striker just to get what he wants. But what a player he is. Uh, and Juan Fran, as, as the other Atletico man there, um, he's made that, that right back spot his own and... He's excellent going forward, Paul, but defensively, is there a better fullback? Well, as you'll find out from when I announce my eleven, I don't think so right now. It is Juan Fran. He's been sensational this year for whoever he's played for. And talk about the complete defender, he's the complete fullback. And in modern football, fullback has gone from a couple of decades ago ago being almost a peripheral position to being the most important position in the team because you have to attack, you have to do the defending. Forward formations are a lot more fluid than they used to be, so a fullback has to read the game a lot more. It's not just a question of watching a winger and making sure he doesn't get to the byline. And Juan Fran does it better than anyone. 
If you're not careful, you're going to reveal your entire team before we get to the end of this. I think I almost already know half of it, Paul. Um, I want to tease it. <laughs> well, yes, true. Uh, there are there are two of the twelve who were actually playing at the under twenty ones, which um, you and I were at Tom in two thousand and fifteen. It's their first nominee, if you like, uh, first probably of many if they carry on progressing. Rafael Guerrero of Portugal and Joshua Kimmich. Kimmich this season, he actually impressed hugely at Euro, but kind of had gone in under the radar I think before the tournament I'm not sure many people expected Joachim Love to use him so frequently uh, and he's gone from strength to strength for Bayern and for Germany since then I know there's someone not too far away from here who's also a big fan of Kimmich but I wouldn't want to reveal anything more about that particular team so and uh, as for Guerrero I think he is he the only the only left back in the nominated I don't know what that says. Not very much. Must pick him, unless you go three at the back. Well, yeah, I mean, there's all this talk about fullbacks. It's quite tricky to actually include two. I may or may not have included none. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Guerrero's also playing in, in midfield with Dortmund uh, this season since moving from Lorient. And, and he's a perfect example of this is a, a year award as opposed to a season award. And, and perhaps both of those players, if it was a season ending, wouldn't have made it at the end of Euro. But... The way they're playing now for their clubs in 2016-17 is one of the reasons they've been included. Well, he's impressed us and he's impressed his uh, new teammates at Bayern and with Germany, Mats Hummels. Josh has everything a footballer needs, tactical and technical skills. He has a great approach to the game and he always wants to win. He gives everything to help the team win. He's not only focused on himself, he wants to help the team, which is something I especially like because it's important in a team to have many players who keep the big picture in mind. Right, let's talk midfielders now, gents, and there's some wonderful goal scorers to choose from. Some of those two have impressed and there's, there's plenty of attacking midfielders amongst the 12 names. There are. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, what, fantastic for Manchester City and I was lucky enough that I was based in the southwest during Euro and Belgium came there more than once and I just got to watch him run the team even more than Eden Hazard did. And then you've got Aaron Ramsey. I mean, what he did for Wales, he was important as Gareth Bales for Wales, certainly in the games where, again, I got to watch them. It was, I mean, maybe it was just the blonde hair that he suddenly adopted that made him stand out. I don't know, but he was really able to mastermind what they did. And then you're looking at Luka Modric and Dimitri Payet as well. I mean, the way he started in that group stage at Euro, if the player the tournament had been voted then, Payet would have won it because he was so dominant. And Riyad Mahrez as well, what he's done for Leicester, not just in the Premier League, in the UEFA Champions League, he's been producing the performances there that he was producing in the Premier League last year. He's really made a step up. I'm going to put this out there. I know this is not part of the team of the year, but I think Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the Premier League. I think he's absolutely sensational. He's, he's I think, possibly whenever he, when he joined, I think some people even struggled to wonder where he would fit in to that City team. He is now the pivotal member of that City team and everyone else 
works around him, including even Sergio Aguero, who's been yeah. dropped this season. That is a sign of just how important he is. I mean, I'm thinking about when Manchester City beat Paris, who was a man that whose genius in the end decided that game. It was De Bruyne. In the end, it's towards the edge of the area again. There's still the shooting chance, maybe. De Bruyne on the run for Kevin De Bruyne might just have made history for Manchester City. It's a brilliant finish. Right footed from the edge of the area into the corner. It's a huge, huge moment in the tie. It's magic for Manchester City. Yeah, to get Manchester City through to the semi-finals for the first time. Um, I watched them in the Manchester derby as well. That first 45 minutes there was uh, it's the best live performance I've seen and De Bruyne was he was unbelievable in it so De Bruyne is a, a superstar we've known about him for a long time there's also some names on this list this year maybe because it's a Euro year playing for the likes of Stoke City and, and West Ham is it the year of the underdog it, it, it was at Euro ultimately in terms of Wales making the semi-final and Portugal winning it but Tom there's, there's the likes of Alan and and Kante that we've spoken about on this particular list. There's actually 15 first-time nominations this year. So more than a third of all of the selections have never been involved before. Um, and I think that is absolutely indicative of the year of the underdogs, as you say. You've got Leicester. I mean, Portugal. Yeah. Who actually predicted Portugal to win? I don't think many people. Um, yeah, and I mean, Wales getting to the semi-finals, that was about as left field as it comes, really, wasn't it? No, Nobody saw that coming. Aaron Ramsey and Joe Allen were... Superb. I mean, we've had our discussions about the nominations and some people may argue so-and-so should have been in, so-and-so doesn't deserve it. But can anyone really tell you that Joe Allen and Aaron Ramsey haven't been sensational for club and country this year? I don't think so. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't need to say anything about Kante. Paul's obviously sung his praises more than enough. The new inclusions, well, let's hope that we get some new ones in the final 11 anyway. Yeah, uh, that's that's a fair point, actually, because if you've got 40 nominees... It's a bit of a fool's errand in, in some ways because it's there can never be a definitive list of the best 40 players, but I don't think there's anyone on this particular list that you look at and say, oh, I can't make a case that he should be in it. Um, have you got a left field pick, Paul, that he doesn't necessarily have to be in your 11, but that you would say, you look at it first off and say, oh, I'm not going to pick him. And actually, when you think about it, oh, maybe he does deserve to be in. Well, if we're moving on to the forwards, I think... Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has been fantastic. Of course, this isn't someone that we saw at Euro. This isn't someone that we're seeing in the UEFA Champions League or last season anyway, because he's back in this season. But what it, what he does for Dortmund, just the individual performances he brings, again, his personality on the pitch is fantastic and so much potential to get so much better. Yeah, the reigning African footballer of the year. Left field pick, Tom? I'd like Pogba to be in there just because anyone who agrees to their transfer being announced via Stormzy's video deserves a bit of recognition. But more seriously, I think there's two forwards. I've done two. Sorry, Chris, I've broken the rules again. Number one, Sergio Aguero. What does that guy have to do to get in this team? This is his sixth nomination. He's never made it. Number two, Lewandowski. Again, I mean, he's been absolutely relentless for Bayern. He started Euro qualifying, he's top scorer along with Ronaldo. He's dragged Poland to the top of their qualifying group. He is as talismanic for his club and country, I think, arguably, as anyone else in Europe. But no, he's not made my team. Is it the fact that maybe he wasn't free scoring at, at Euro, which is the reason he, he doesn't make your team? Well, he played a pretty key role in getting Poland to the quarterfinals. Scored in that game, I think, very early on against the eventual champions, Portugal. And Poland only went out on penalties as well, don't forget. So I think that is a, it's a tricky stick to beat him with. I think over the course of the last year, calendar year, 
he has been as consistent and as integral to his teams as anyone else. He was good at Euro, but I mean, when you look at those that list of 12 forwards, it's so competitive. As you say, there's eight or nine players who probably reached the standards, probably reached the objective standard, you'd say, to get in a team of the year and in other years probably would have been in. But it's just a question. You've only got to pick two or three or four and maybe Lewandowski's just short of that, which isn't to do down what a fantastic player he is, what a fantastic amount of goals he scored and what a fantastic amount of goals he's going to continue to score. In terms of the era we're currently in, we all know about Ronaldo and Messi for, for years and years, but have we ever been in an era with such rich talent when it comes to consistent people who consistently almost every week score? I look down the list and you see Suarez, Griezmann, Aubameyang, Iguain, Aguero. These are guys who who pretty much, certainly one in two, but their their goal-scoring record in their careers is far better than, than I remember in, I don't know, the late 80s, early 90s, people ever scoring. I think so. I think I like to compare it a lot to tennis. I mean, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi who are, I suppose you could say, Nadal and Federer of their time, the two players that have redefined what it means to be good at what they do. They've taken it to a level people didn't think could be achieved before and have set marks people never thought were possible. But if you look down the list, there's still, I mean, Antoine Griezmann, he could well be the Djokovic, a player who for most of the time was number three behind them, but is certainly capable of playing at that level. Maybe not quite the same player in terms of individual magic and creativity, but in terms of goal scoring, in terms of what he can do for a team, just as important and influential as those two. And there's plenty of, I suppose you can see, say Andy Murray's as well. Players like Suarez, Neymar, Lewandowski, who in another era, would be the outstanding number one. Of course, Andy Murray is now the number one in the world. And maybe someone like Lewandowski had been playing in the late 90s. We'd be talking about him as the sensational player that has redefined what is meant to be good. It just so happens that, as they, as they say, uh, I think someone said about Muhammad Ali, a player like someone like that only comes about once in a lifetime. Why do you have to come back in my lifetime? Tennis analogy. This is why we've got Paul Saffer on the podcast and boxing. We've got it all going on. I don't, are we still on football or shall I? It's, it's totally up to you. This is a podcast so we can go wherever we want. I mean, what, what have you got to say to that, Tom? Because Paul has now branched off. He's introduced <laughs> two award-winning analogies. And, and, and I'm going to ask you about Alexi Sanchez. Alexi Sanchez is... Um, He's probably Boris Becker. <laughs> I've not decided why yet. Do you need an actual explanation or? No, that's fine. That's fine. But he he, he did. He's on the list, and he's Arsenal's main man. And he and he of course helped Chile defend their Copa America title in the summer. He's actually one of my favourite players. I absolutely love the way he plays the game. And uh, I think Arsenal. It's not unfair to say a, a notoriously difficult crowd to please. And from what I've seen, and from a when I've been reporting there. They have warmed to him, perhaps more than anyone else, across the stadium. There are pockets of the stadium who like the Ozzels and the Koscielny's. But Sanchez, because of the way he plays the game, it's a very, I think it's a very British approach. He chases down, he harries, he never gives up. He's in opposition faces and he's obviously got absolute class. I mean, the lob that he scored last a couple of weeks ago really showed another level to his game that perhaps sometimes it's proposed that he doesn't have. He is more than a... Street Fighter. If we are picking a, a team instead of 11 players, you could put Alexis Sanchez in any team and you think that you could, he'd be good for you. As you mentioned, he, he forces those errors, doesn't he? I, I really wanted him in my team and I did a bit of research and I think he's only scored 18 or 19 goals this calendar year. 
And when you compare that to some of the absolutely absurd figures of the other forwards, it's, it's tough to justify. Here we go. He's done his research before picking the team. That's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's advice for all you uh, potential team of the year pickers out there. Don't do it at random. Iguain, if we're talking about people who scored obscene amount of goals, 36 in the season that ended in 2016, a new Serie A record. He's now the most expensive South American player of all time. He's a he's another option for... Well, I mean, usually in the past you talk about 20 goals in Serie A being quite a major achievement. So what he was doing there and also since he's changed clubs as well, he's become the leader. Again, I think in a in like... In a normal year, you'd be talking about him. And even someone like Jamie Vardy, who's not even nominated, you'd be talking about them as pretty close to being in the 11. But it just so happens there's so much choice. There's so, so such an embarrassment of riches up front. That even if you had seven or eight choices up front, you'd probably still have a dilemma. Well, Patrice Evra is now playing alongside Iguain at Juventus. And he's delighted that he is now teammates with the Argentina star. He just go crazy if he, did, he don't score one goal. And this is natural. Like, you can see him. Uh, I remember one game we were in the bench and he was, like, biting his, his cigar. I said, he said, no, because when I come in the, in the pitch, I, I need to score. He's desperate to score a goal. And uh, I've, seen, I've seen this uh, with Van Nistelrooy, you know, striker like that. They, they're just, like, born for scoring. If, if they don't score, they, they, they won't slip. And that's perfect for Juventus. Patrice Evra there. And would you like one final treat whilst we're talking about the forwards? I'd love one. Would you like to hear Mario Goethe telling you in German to pick Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? Sure, yeah. Bitte stimmt für Aubameyang ab, dass er ins Team of the Year kommt, weil er bis jetzt einfach grandiose Leistungen gezeigt hat und er es verdient hat. Danke schön, Mario. There we go. So we've covered boxing, tennis and now... A German lesson. Multilingual Paul Suffer. Multi, <laughs> multifaceted, multilingual. Uh, you, you've Paul reached Suffer. the very edge of my German knowledge there. It is time to reveal our 11s. Uh, Paul, you've basically given away half your team already, uh, so you can go first. Okay, in goal, I've got Kalon Navas. My defence, Juan Fran, Carvajal, Pepe Kimmich. In midfield, Dimitri Payet, N'Golo Kante, and Kevin De Bruyne. And up front, Antoine Griezmann, Gareth Bale. And Cristiano Ronaldo, apologies if Lionel Messi, if you're listening, not this year, son. I've only got five players who are the same. I counted as we went along then. Five, really? Yeah. Who's your, who, who are the other six then? And the five? I'll tell you the whole 11, shall <laughs> I? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's probably the easiest way of doing it, isn't it? In goal, Gianluigi Buffon. Defenders, Godin, Boateng and Pepe. Midfielders, Kante, De Bruyne, Cruz, Payet. And forwards, drumroll, are Ronaldo... Messi and Suarez. I've gone 3-4-3, three, three, Antonio Conte style. It's good, that's going to be the formation everyone's playing as of uh, the end of this season, I think. Uh, Rui Patricio for that final performance alone at Euro. Diego Godin, Lauren Koscielny and Pepe. Midfield, N'Golo Kante, Kevin De Bruyne, Luka Modric and Tony Kroos. And up front, Griezmann, Suarez and Ronaldo. So I think it's, it's four. I think Pepe, Kante, De Bruyne and Ronaldo, I think we've all got. Yeah, I think the exclusion of Messi is absolute lunacy, just by the way. I don't know. I think in 2016, mm. Chris, I think I think how, this how is the goals? one year. Now, How many goals do you think Messi scored in 2016? I forgot we've got Kale Stat on the show. Um, well, it's over 50, I'll tell you that. Over 50. I just, I just, in my head, Luis Suarez of those three, mm. 
think's been the most impressive in 2016? The way I think about it, if we had everybody in the world lined up against the wall to pick teams, seven billion or whatever it was, Messi would be almost my first pick pretty much. But I'm just, it's the team of the year 2016. I'm just thinking about which three fours, so one for three up front, are the ones that impressed me the most in 2016 and Griezmann, Bale and Ronaldo just beat out Messi. Maybe it's to do with winning trophies, possibly. I mean, maybe maybe we've got complacent about Messi that we've almost normalised the amazing things that he does week in, week out. But He didn't quite scratch that itch, did he, in terms of Ronaldo won Euro of Portugal. He reached the Copa America final with Argentina and then didn't quite do it. Also, we'd never fit 7 billion people in, in the UEFA.com office, Paul, so we couldn't do what you said. But uh, I just wonder, in 2016, I think, Tom, I think there are three forwards who are more deserving of a place in the final 11. OK, here's, the, here's my closing comment on the matter. This is two ways of picking your team. Number one is the way Paul has done it. Who has impressed you most this year? Number two is to bear in mind a degree of complacency that you just mentioned. Messi has not had as good a 2016 as he had has had previous years. Agreed. Has he had a better 2016 than these other players who you are claiming? I think yes. We're not getting back to this Griezmann argument. Okay. Well, I've, I've, already, I've already given him the Palon d'Or. So. Yeah, I, I, I think Griezmann... I honestly think... I think Griezmann's been the best player in the world in 2016. We could do another one yeah. and all pick the same team, but yeah. it might not be very interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I think so. I think, I think almost, I think what the good idea would be maybe is to put all these nominees up to the public and allow them to some way to vote <laughs> and see who everybody thinks. That will know. never catch on, Paul. So www.en.toty.uefa.com. You don't get to choose a captain, Tom, but if you did, who would be yours? I am going to give it to Pepe. I think the way that he dealt with the exit of Ronaldo in the Euro final, as Paul alluded to earlier, really once and for all summed up his influence. Now, we asked uh, people on Twitter at Champions League for their suggestions. We've got some brilliant ones in. Omar El Said says Cristiano Ronaldo because he won Euro and the Champions League and also uh, was voted UEFA's best player in Europe, which uh, is true as well. Check out this one from Hassan Baz. I think we should have got him on because this is the type of insight I was looking for. Tony Kroos would be my captain. The guy was the puppeteer behind Real Madrid's success and Germany's presence at the Euros. I think he's got a very good point, which is one of the reasons that Tony Kroos was in, uh, was in my side. And we also had one from George who says, I'd captain Alexi Sanchez. Great job for Chile and Arsenal this year. And then he finishes it with goodbye. It's very apt, isn't it, as yeah. we're nearing the end now, aren't we? Very. I mean, that's why I put it in the in the running order, this this slow down. Well, that's the first bit of organisation in the running <laughs> order. You know it. Uh, Paul, who's your captain? Well, I like the choice of Pepe and I've sung the praise of Kante as well. I'm actually going to go with Gareth Bale, just the way he captained Wales. I mean, as he, so we, in theory, the superstar of that team, but actually very much made himself one of the team, very much used his talent and has done over several years to inspire everybody else and I suppose drag them up to his level. I think in terms of personality as a captain, massively impressed by Bale. Uh, I'm going to go for Griezmann, just to annoy you, Tom. But there we go. Go and pick your team now. 40 nominees. You have to pick your 11. Go onto the website, uefa.com and choose now. 